Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Sarah Piker, the CEO of Orion Talent. They recruit from the ranks of military veterans to fill job openings across a variety of industries. We'll talk about the strengths that veterans bring to the job market and how they adapt their military skills for civilian use on this edition of PeopleTech. Sarah, it's great to meet you. So today we're going to talk about veterans in the job market. And let me start by asking you, what does the landscape look like? Do employers have an accurate view of what comes along with veterans in terms of benefits and just what's it like out there? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's an interesting um, question because I think there's a, there's a bit of a divide. Some companies really understand the value of veteran talent and the skills that veterans bring to the workforce, where others, um, there's, a, there's a, some confusion um, and maybe some misunderstanding of what veterans uh, bring. Because I think some of the misconceptions out there are that, you know, veterans are rigid, they um, are, they give and um, take direction and orders, but they're not free thinkers and they're not great at thinking outside of the box. Um, and they lack the ability to fix problems that go outside established procedures where actually um, it's, it's counter to that <laughs> it, from, from my experience and what we're seeing with veterans um, because the soft skills that veterans bring um, things like leadership and agility and problem solving and discipline and accountability and dependability and, and stress tolerance and adaptability, um, all of those soft skills that, that organizations are typically looking for now, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing a rise of the soft skills since the talent pool has gotten so tight. Um, veteran talent is actually incredibly um, gifted in those areas. And so I think there's that there's some misconceptions out there. And, you know, you can't have an HR related podcast without asking about reskilling or upskilling. That's right. Um, how, how do veterans, I don't want to say approach the problem, but um, are there special challenges or special advantages to hiring a veteran and then reskilling so their their skills go from being sort of military centric to business centric? Yeah, well, I think veterans are actually um, some of the best talent um, out there for the upskilling and reskilling because what I just mentioned with the soft skills, they're coming with these this ability to learn and to think. And then it's about the upskilling program to make sure that the skills that we're teaching them are directly impacting the company that needs to hire them. And that's where this mismatch is happening. So there's, there's a demand out there for talent, obviously. You know, there's a talent shortage. 70% of, of, of companies are having a hard time filling jobs. Um, and then there's this veteran talent that has a hard time finding that work because, because oftentimes, you know, just the, the vernacular, you know, the, the civilian job description and the veteran or the military uh, resume don't speak the same language. And there's not a lot of understanding as to what the, um, the veteran resume means. Um, and on the flip side, the veterans don't always know what civilian 
business language means. And so finding that, that match has been, is a little bit difficult, it, but from an upskilling perspective, um, if you think about what, what the military does, you know, these are guys and gals that are in, that are working in um, an environment that um, where they go through months and years of training and they, um, and they train them in different technical fields. You know, you might have an aviation mechanic, you may have a, a, um, a fire control technician, you may have an Air Force aviation uh, craftsman. So these titles are unusual, but what they're learning is, is engineering and electronic principles that are identical to electronic principles that we would need in the civilian world. It's about making sure that we understand that these, these, um, these folks have an understanding of what a particular company needs and has the upskilling and reskilling training in order to fill the, the demand. And that's where the disconnect is happening. Now, when companies, well, when companies are looking to hire veterans um, or are attempting to, mm-hmm. what do they need to do differently when it comes to hiring them? Yeah, um, I think first, first you have to under the companies need to understand um, what that company is looking to hire. I think that really starts it starts with themselves, right? It starts internally. What are the skills that we need to fill? And there are soft skills, and there are there are hard skills. And to understand what those soft skills are, and then um, how do we uh, attract and and find the candidates that have those soft skills? But then how will we train on the hard skills? What do, what do they actually have to come with and what can is trainable? So it starts internally. And then from there, um, it's about uh, what makes this company attractive to veterans. You know, veteran talent is in demand for sure, just like everybody else, right? But what makes that what makes this job attractive to a veteran? Does this company really believe in diversity and inclusion and have programs that will um, allow veterans to to thrive and succeed, Um, just as any other underrepresented uh, class of people that is exactly the same? And so um, just determining um, what can be trained, what is inherent, what do we need, what do we need to do, and how do we have this community of veterans? And then what is our sense of purpose? You know, there's, um, again, this is not, this is not only for veteran talent, but as we, as we've been hearing over and over again in any kind of HR (laughs) conversation, you know, purpose and, and people want purpose in life. And if you really, in, in an organization, and if you really start thinking about, you know, what veterans do, they joined the military to protect our country and protect us all. And so they have purpose at the core of who they are. And so exiting out, they're looking for companies as a whole that also have purpose and have a, have an ability uh, and really do something that um, is inherently good for, for the country, the world. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show 
and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. How about keeping them? How should companies approach retention? So um, very, very much along those same lines. So there, there is, a, there is an, an issue with veterans leaving work within the first year. And because they're underrepresented, um, they're underhired, you know, they're, they're hired at a lower level than where they're really capable. So um, it comes back to understanding the talent that you're hiring. And this, again, goes beyond veteran talent, but just in retention in general. Um, wh- why would somebody want to stay at your organization? Are they, are they managed in a way that is um, um, appropriate? Are they getting training? Are there opportunities for inv- advancement? Um, are they getting feedback? Um, those are all um, really important aspects for retention in general. And then with veterans, um, it comes down to what is the community? Is there a community of veterans in the organization? Is there an understanding of, of what uh, these, these uh, guys and gals have gone, gone through, but then also um, a community for them to, um, to belong to? And, and again, from a diversity perspective, that's, that's important in general. Okay. Um, are there certain lines of business that veterans particularly fit with, or does it really depend? Um, well, there are some that are, that are inherently um, more popular, I guess, right? So things like logistics. If, if you think about this, you know, I, I've heard this story before, but, it, you know, as a joke, they say, you know, it takes four RFPs in the military to buy toilet paper. <laughs> so, so if you think about that and just the logistics that it takes to, to get things accomplished, um, we know that logistics are um, important in all of our businesses. Um, engineering um, is an obvious one, you know, whether that's civil engineering, if you think about um, the Army and how they go from base to base and set up camps um, and, and businesses, in essence, in all these different locations. If you think about um, electrical engineering, um, you know, we have the Navy uh, uh, folks who are out there in the middle of the ocean who have to um, continuously um, keep up the electrical in the, in the system. You know, in the civilian world, if, if a manufacturing system fails, you know, money might be lost. But in the military, if a system fails, people can lose their lives. And so um, the, 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 the thinking on their feet and the, the ability to shift gears in the military is really, really important. And, you know, in the military, if you're um, out in the middle of the jungle or the desert or the ocean, there's not a Home Depot or a Lowe's next, next door to go, um, to go buy the equipment that's necessary. And so if you think about, about it from that angle, the amount of, of problem solving that, that happens in the military is just really, really critical. So from a um, skill set perspective, you know, logistics, engineering, manufacturing, construction, IT, sales, um, we see a lot, of, a lot of companies who have great success hiring um, in those areas. I guess my last question is, is really about what else? It, 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 it sounds like a very deep, you know, an intricate almost uh, subject. Yeah, you know, I think it is. I think there's, um, there's, there's it, it is multifaceted for sure. And when we're talking about the talent shortage in the in the um, country right now, and we're talking about the skill sets that 
organizations are looking for and getting more creative as to who, who to hire. And of course, diversity is, is always at the forefront of these conversations. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously the military is, is, you know, 30 to 40% racially diverse just as is. So there's, there's that, but beyond that, and when it comes to diversity, you know, it's an organization where you get somebody from the depths of one of the five bureaus in New York city, who's working alongside someone who grew up on a farm in Georgia and a surfer from SoCal and a cowboy that's just off the ranch from Wyoming. And so when you think about diversity, you're thinking about this group of individuals that is put together from all different, um, all different uh, socioeconomic conditions and classes and you know, where they grew up and what they believe and who, how, they, how they think um, into an environment where they are, they are a team. And so the, the military trains these, these folks in a way to work together and to work collaboratively. Um, and so that's what you're getting when you're hiring military. Will there need to be some upskilling and reskilling? Yes, but that comes with anything. You can hire um, a student who just graduated from, you know, an Ivy League school, let's just say. Um, but they were taught a certain um, a certain uh, way and, and and skills, but you still have to train them at your company in exactly what you want them to do. And I don't think it's very different for the military. Well, Sarah, thanks very much for stopping by today. Well, thank you, Mark. It's been my pleasure. My guest today has been Sarah Piker, the CEO of Orion Talent. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.